889 The Bridge. I'm Sid Shroth, and I'm here with Salim, a candidate in the running for Mercer Island Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Salim is running for re-election for uh, city council position number two, and he's been living on Mercer Island for a long time. Uh, he's, he was born here and had his childhood here, then moved away for college and came back. Anyway, so Salim, I'm so excited to get started. So how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Sid, for having me. Okay, yeah, so let's just jump right in. So... Uh, when you look at what lies ahead for Mercer Island, what attributes do you have that make you qualified to lead our city into the future? Great, great question. Thanks. Um, simply experience. I've been on the council since 2017. I'm running for re-election. This will be my third term. Uh, prior to my time on the council, our data gathering capabilities and commitments have been pretty slim. I focused on data-driven results and collaboration. This means I spend a lot of time gathering information, delivering that information in a digestible fashion to my cohorts, and collaborating <clears throat> to implement positive changes for our community. Uh, I've been instrumental in forming new committees for community action, increasing transparency and in city budgeting, and requiring um, and requirements for new development to fund infrastructure needs. Uh, in my time in the council, I've developed two biennium budgets. Oh, uh, wow. The process of building a biennium budget is pretty uh, extensive. It takes a lot of community engagement. It takes a lot of the council's time. It takes typically the full year uh, to develop and pass that that uh, biennium budget. I've also worked with a subcommittee, I was appointed by the mayor, uh, to develop the city's first financial policies. So these are financial policies that guide the city and future councils on how do they develop uh, biennium budgets, allocate resources, uh, look at fund balances and reserves, and basically create a path of financial sustainability forward for the city. Oh, wow, okay, that's that's really cool. Wow. There. So. I'm just I, I'm just a little curious, like what just goes into the process of like making those like biennium bu budgets? Sure, right. Mo most of it is about uh, priorities. What are the priorities of budget uh, within the city? So you have certain departments, police, fire, uh, social services, like YFS, where you can look at the services that we offer and establish baseline minimums. Some are mandated. You know, we have to have a certain number of police officers on duty at all times because that's state law. Uh, firefighting, the same same uh, thing holds true. And then you look at the base levels and ask the community, talk to the community, engage about what would they like to see in addition to those things. Obviously, school counselors in each of the schools is incredibly important. It's something that I fully support. Uh, those are the types of decisions and conversations that you have going into buying and budgeting. Okay, that, that, that's really cool. Oh my God, okay. Uh, so now, uh, looking at, like, okay, so we know that you're probably a qualified leader. Uh, so what are the top three valuable things that the city can do to help Mercer Island's restaurant and retail business community flourish and grow? Because we know that's been a challenge on Mercer Island. And now, especially after the pandemic, it's becoming even more difficult. Sure. So I'll start with what I've done uh, as your council member during the pandemic to support our business community. Uh, first, I fast-tracked our restaurant capability for expanded outdoor seating. Uh Second, I suggested and implemented senior store hours for the protection of our vulnerable population uh, and at-risk uh, shoppers. That was something that Kroger adopted nationally and Rite Aid uh, after it was brought to their attention. You know, we, we know the pandemic hit the Seattle region uh, first in the U.S. And so we were really tip of the spear in talking to retailers and trying to make safe shopping environments for our seniors and at-risk individuals. And third, uh, I helped the restaurants and business community seek and receive financial grants to continue operations during the pandemic. Uh, looking forward, I'll continue to 
to fully support our business communities, we review and improve local policies, budgets, and zoning plans. Okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a pretty good solution. Uh, and, yeah, I definitely think, like, the outdoor seating has definitely helped. Like, uh, at least for me, I've definitely felt safer, honestly, going to restaurants and all of that just because now we have more space, like, with COVID. Like, and I think it's definitely encouraging people to come back. And, yeah, I, I definitely like that. That's uh, great to hear. And that's yeah. feedback that we've heard from the, the retail community as well. And they've asked us to do everything that we can possibly to extend those emergency ordinances. Yeah. Okay, so next up is what is your ideal Mercer Island of the future? And what would you do now to make that happen? Great. Uh, an ideal Mercer Island is one where our community feels represented and safe. That means a continued commitment to those core values of public safety. In addition to safety, Mercer Islanders uh, have appreciated an increase in improvement in parks, sustainability measures, art programs, and a restart on the community center operations. And I think that a vibrant activated town center is something that that people really look towards you know one of the things that we're doing in the council right now is we're talking about retail and restaurant disappearing in our town center as every multifamily, you know high-rise three four five story building goes in you get three or four stories of apartments above it but you lose retail and so we're we're really breaking ground with writing legislation zoning legislation to establish increased requirements for restaurant and retail, minimums inside of redevelopment. So if you go to Rite Aid right now, it's all retail, right? You have Rite Aid as a pharmacy and a drugstore, restaurants, you have uh, pet stores, things like that. If that redevelops, we're typically seeing one third of that retail lost. So we're right at the process of uh, remanding to the planning commission the, the future zoning that will preserve and expand retail across our town center. And that means more restaurants and more retail uh, opportunities for Mercer Islanders. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's definitely a great direction to go in uh, because, uh, again, Mercer Island has definitely been struggling with, like, the whole retail thing and, uh, yeah, just, like, really enforcing just how can we get that to grow and flourish? And what we know is that, you know, we just had the 2020 census. There's about 26,000 people on Mercer Island. We we write zoning laws for the next 20, 30 years, right? You're, you're planning for the future. Right. We know that we're going to have 30,000 people on Mercer Island when Mercer Island is about fully built out. When we look at current retail spending and the amount of retail and restaurants that's on Mercer Island, we have to expand that by about 30,000 additional square feet of retail. Oh, wow. So the, the idea of uh, trying to come up with code and zoning and incentives to boost that, to really put some uh, jet fuel on the redevelopment in town center, we have to look at parking. You know, parking is the number one constraint on restaurants and retail because every thousand square feet of restaurant requires 13 parking spots. So if you have that kind of overhead to put a restaurant in, let's say a Pagliacci's, a small one one level street level restaurant that may do a lot of delivery or takeout so it may not require that much parking we have to try and find incentives to do that so we're studying parking across town center we're looking at are the people that live in multifamily parking in the streets where are the commuters parking where are the employees parking are we providing enough right-of-way parking on the city streets for example could we restripe 77th could we restripe 80th and put another 200 parking stalls in the city right away for really just the cost of paint right? We're talking $10,000. If we could do that, and we could couple that with incentives for restaurants where we say to 
let's say, uh, an area next to Pagliacci's. If you want to put a one-story restaurant in, we could relieve you of any on-site parking. We can put that parking requirement into the right-of-way because we just created 200 net new parking stalls if you want to develop that restaurant or that small retail. And we could do that to develop that 30,000 additional square feet of retail that's missing right now for the next 20, 40 years of growth. So those are the types of things that we look at is not just writing zoning that might legislate how much restaurant and retail has to happen inside of redevelopment, but can we come up with incentives that would get one-story retail, one-story restaurant like Pagliacci's, what I would call infill development to occur in town center, which would really jumpstart and give uh, island residents something that they're looking for. Wow. I, I never I never thought about it in like that parking spot way because I'm just like, oh yeah, build more restaurants, get incentive. But then I'm like, wait, that, that, that's actually, that, that's a very, yeah, I never thought about that. Uh, and I think it's a very, very good approach. Yeah. Anyways, that sums up our time. So I, ha- uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me uh, here on 88.9 The Bridge. Thanks for having me.